0: It's the Misdeeds and Intrigue podcast, featuring stories of royals, scandals, and true crime. Here are your hosts, Carrie and Larissa.
1: Hello, everyone out there. This is Misdeeds and Intrigue, and my name is Larissa. And I'm Carrie. <laughs> ...in walking, which Andrew cited as a reason he could not have had sex with Gafree. It could be argued that he wanted to avoid putting her through that experience, which could have been emotionally challenging. And then it goes on to say, should we treat this as a win or a loss for Gaffrey? I don't think Gaffrey could have expected a better result. The amount of the settlement will be substantial, whatever the agreement calls for. More importantly, Prince Andrew was never going to publicly apologize or admit guilt. The fact that she got him to agree to recognize her victimhood, even if he doesn't say it, at whose hands and commend her bravery for coming forward was the best she could have hoped for. I think she would consider this an unequivocal win. And then it goes on to say, This outcome was not inevitable at the outset of the case. It only became so after a New York judge ruled that Prince Andrew was not protected by a secret settlement Gaffray had signed with Jeffrey Epstein in 2009. In that $500,000 agreement, Gaffray agreed to drop her case against Epstein and not sue anyone who could be described as a potential defendant. Andrew's lawyers had urged that this meant Gaffray waived her right to sue him, but the court disagreed. That's some interesting thing.
2: Do you think she's going to go away now? I don't mean that in a derogatory way, but I'm saying it from his perspective, or do you think this is just going to keep her going? Um,
1: I don't know, because we still have Ghislaine out there. Trying to see what it says about Elaine.
0: This morning, the palace surely is on guard as they prepare for the highly anticipated interview with Virginia Roberts-Guffray about her accusations. It was a really scary time in my life. Roberts-Guffray sitting down with BBC Panorama in her first UK interview airing Monday. One of Jeffrey Epstein's accusers, she's alleging that she was 17 when she was directed to have sex with Prince Andrew in 2001. Prince Andrew categorically denies her allegations. He
2: knows what happened. I know what happened. And there's only one of us telling the truth.
0: Roberts Gofrey, now a 35-year-old mother, says British socialite Ghislaine Maxwell recruited her when she was 16, then groomed her to become Epstein's teenage sex slave. In court filings in a defamation case against Maxwell, Gaffray claimed Epstein ordered her to have sex with some of his powerful friends, including on three occasions Prince Andrew, in London, at Epstein's home in New York, and on his private Caribbean island. Maxwell is not facing any criminal charges in this case and has insisted all of Gouffre's allegations, including those about Prince Andrew, are false. The prince has said he had never witnessed any of the criminal conduct that Epstein was convicted or was accused of.
1: So here's an interesting, with regard to his position in the monarchy, the timing suggests that the queen was waiting to see if Andrew would be protected by the Epstein agreement before stripping him of his titles. This happened the day after the court ruled he did not have immunity. Whoa. We didn't know about this Epstein thing, did you? No. This is new. I did hear that Eugenie might have helped pay for the settlement. Wow. Uh, let's see. Court documents say that the parties will file a stipulated dismissal when Gafri receives the payment. So right now they're in, in this stage where they both agree to drop the suit, right? But it's a, a period of, I think, 60 days. The stipulated dismissal means that the case will be voluntarily discontinued provided certain stipulations are met. In this case, the stipulation appears to be that Giffray will drop her claims once she receives whatever amount of money Prince Andrew has agreed to pay. The letter sent to the judge indicates that will happen in the next 30 days. Where will Andrew get the money to pay the settlement? The speculation is that he will partly fund it from the sale of his Swiss chalet and that Queen will fund part of it. This, of course, raises the question of whether British taxpayers may be indirectly funding the settlement. And British taxpayers are like, hell no, you don't come after us for that settlement money. Yeah,
2: no. I was reading an article, like an editorial, and they were saying that Charles and Andrew has to get past their pampered, entitled The Princehood because nowadays with the press and Social media and all that—they're going to be held more accountable with stuff like this. The public
1: doesn't see them any different than them. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it remains possible there could. It, this may not be the end of it, depending on what happens. To, you know, Ghislaine's. She requested another trial because that one juror had been a victim of sexual abuse, right?
2: I heard that that was a plant, and they actually wanted that.
1: So it says that that this settlement should represent the end of Prince Andrew's involvement in the larger Jeffrey Epstein saga. While the settlement won't shield him from being called to testify in Maxwell's possible criminal retrial, the possibility of that remains remote. None of the four women Maxwell was convicted of grooming and trafficking have been connected to Andrew, suggesting that his testimony in the case wouldn't be relevant. So that's, that's what I've got. What's your thoughts? You know, I was discussing this on the phone with you the other night. I'm not totally convinced there may be other women out there who were with Prince Andrew. And I think when you're a victim of something like this, I think for the most part, most of these women have moved on. They may have families, they may have children, and they don't want to, they want that to be in the past and not part of their current life. I mean, can you imagine if you're married for 10 years and you have two little kids or 20 years and you're like, oh God, you know, are we had sex 20 years ago you would just draw all this attention to your you you could yeah. split up your marriage you could
2: and your kids at school yeah and, so or even the ones that are like even that were young
1: adults that were like yacht girls yeah. they don't
2: want that stuff out I there.
1: imagine that um it's going to stop right here with Prince Andrew but the question is who's going to pay for this and is Charles going to have to step in I mean there was that article about Charles having to step in when was it Princess Beatrice when she went on her gap year and spent hundred thousand dollars on security? Oh my! God. I think it was Beatrice yeah. or Eugenie who went on went traveling on her gap year, and she had security. And they were like, "Whoa, that's way too much money she spent on security." You know, we're gonna stop protecting her. And I guess Prince Charles had to step in and you know voice concern.
2: Well, speaking of security. Uh, today, Prince Harry is in the high court fighting for police protection when he comes to the UK. And so he's saying that even though he stepped down as a royal, that they should be responsible to provide police protection. I read an editorial that one of the people that don't get round the clock police protection is Princess Anne, who actually, the person was like, How come he thinks he's entitled to this certain level of protection when Princess Anne actually had a kidnap attempt against her? And I think somebody was shot.
0: And Princess Anne's bodyguard were hurt. Then a policeman on point duty ran up. He was turned on by the gunman and shot at at point-blank range. Strangely, I had thought about it before that.
1: What would you do if? One thing about horses and sport is you have to prepare for the unexpected and you've got to think your way through the sort of problems that are likely to occur. And I suppose that was the discipline which, to some extent,
0: coloured my thought processes. The princess tried to talk the gunman down,
1: insisting she would not leave the car. I remember she said to me, she said, I was so annoyed that he tore the sleeve out of my dress, she said, and it was a good new dress.
0: Before he was overpowered, Ball shot and wounded four people.
1: They were all given medals by a great queen. So back in
2: 1974, a former heavyweight, this is an article from uh, The Sun, a former heavyweight mm-hmm. boxer dramatically rescued Princess Anne from a crazed gunman 46 years ago. And he is selling the George medal that he received that was awarded for his bravery back when this article was published in 2020. And he punched the attacker who was named Ian Ball who had fired bullets into the Royal car and he saved her during this kidnapping attempt near Buckingham palace. Oh my you God. probably didn't even know about this. And that's why they're like, she I doesn't even really, have full-time police
1: protection. I, I didn't know he actually fired bullets into the car. All I heard uh, the headline was, you know, princess Anne attempted kidnapping. He could have killed her.
2: Princess Anne was being driven along the mall, central London on March 20th, 1974 when the attack occurred and the next day, the sun had reported that he used a Ford Escort to force an official car carrying Anne and Captain Mark Phillips into the side of the road. Then he pumped six shots into the Royal Austin car. The gunman, Ian Ball, had a crazy plot to flee with Anne shackled to his leg as part of his bid to demand a three million pound ransom from the queen. And so she was 23 years old at the time. When this hero, that boxer Russell came to her aid and she had been returning to Buckingham palace with her husband and they had just attended this charity event and ball was trying to drag princess Anne from her car while her, yeah. And her new husband was pulling her back and she was very together. It was said by onlookers. She kept saying, just go away and don't be such a silly man. Like she was very calm. Wow. Russell at the time was 28. He punched Ian Ball twice in the head as he tried to kidnap her. He got out of his car to intervene when he had seen the late night incident unfolding.
1: Oh, so he wasn't even security. He no, was just, just a past a yeah, bystander? A bystander. Wow.
2: He punched him twice. The first time was when I got out of my vehicle and I thought it was a road rage incident. He had been driving home at the time. He was fired upon and then acted as her human shield.
1: Oh my God. That's crazy.
2: Yeah. And so that's why they were saying like, There's a comparison here. I'm not going to say one way or the other, but if they wanted to be independent financially and all that, then come back and use taxpayers' dollars for the Met Police. I would think that they'd have a private security force, but I don't know if that involves because they can't carry guns or whatever the laws are.
1: Bingo. Here's my thing. I'm sure there's a law that says you can apply for carrying firearms if it's a former royal family member. This is a bunch of poo-poo. I think they do deserve their protection, but they should pay for it. Yeah. They, they walked away yep. from it. They walked away from the monarchy. I think they, they should bring in their own protection. How many oligarchs around the world have uh, their protection carrying guns? There's probably hundreds of oligarchs who come into London with their own protection. There are many, many celebrities who have their own protection. You can't tell me they can't get their own protection.
2: Maybe there's, they could use this incident as a reason why they need it. Four men were ultimately wounded, which was the first ever attempt to kidnap a member of the royal family. Ball had shot the princess's chauffeur, minder, a cop, and a passing journalist as he had tried to drag wow. Princess Anne from the royal car before the intervention. They might be able to use that as to say, hey, we need police protection or whatever, but I do think they might have to carry part of that cost. I think they're I think
1: the queen is gonna give it to him. Yeah. I think Charles is gonna get involved. I think the Queen's gonna get involved, and it's still her grandson and her great grandchildren she's going to give them protection. Yeah.
2: I don't think um, Megan is going to bring the kids back for a Jubilee. I think they're going to stay in California. Yeah. That's what I've read some articles about that with Megan. Uh, Yeah. Well, she has no interest in coming back, but Oh, speaking of our miss Jody sent us a blind item, which I thought was really interesting. Did you want to read it? Oh, let's read it. Yeah. You pull it up and read Um, it.
1: It is interesting how the offspring of the pedophile Prince came to the U S and hung out with the ginger one. And within days, the tabloids have stories trashing the father of the ginger-haired one. And the stories could really have only come from the pedophile prince through his offspring. Would that be the Super Bowl with Harry and was it Beatrice? Yeah.
2: I thought it was interesting. They showed pictures of him touching the trophy in the locker room, you know, because they grace people with their presence and none of the players were interested. Because they're not the celebs here like they are in the UK.
1: This blind item isn't so blind because how many pedophile princes are out there? I didn't know there was more than one. Anyway, but I didn't know the kids were not going to go to the Jubilee.
2: I don't think they will.
1: If it's just Meghan and Harry, maybe the Queen won't approve protection. And that's all the more that they should come with a light load of security. Where they need to beef up security is at the house in California where the, the royal offspring are playing in the nursery. By the way, that Spotify thing. Wow, well, I know we touched base on this before, but that's that's a big deal. Not getting any content for over a year.
2: Yeah, I'm waiting to see what's going to happen because I think Netflix is going to be, as we've talked before, I think it's going to end up being more of a raunchy reality show than what they're trying to say it
1: is for. The other thing about the Spotify Non production of podcasts is that they've asked producers to step in to take sound bites from other interviews and piece them together. It's almost like when Howard Stern, I don't know if you ever listen to Howard Stern, they take excerpts from audiobooks from famous celebrities and make their own, uh, like little audiobook. I just think that's terrible. You can't sit down for an hour and crank out a 30-minute podcast. I mean, come on. You can do it in the in the luxury of your home. Yeah, I don't know what
2: they're going to do from here. Do you think they're going to try to do a lifestyle brand? Do you think what do you think that where are they going? Like what's their purpose? Like what are they going to do?
1: I think it's lifestyle brand and I think it's them wanting to do a reality show like you said last time, like a Joanna Gaines Magnolia type thing. Where they're going to, I mean, I think they're going to try and do a reality show.
2: Yeah, I think so too. Where she
1: may try and maybe she'll go back into acting. But once you do a reality show, you can't really springboard back into serious acting.
2: No, no, no. And I don't know if she really has all that many
1: Hollywood friends still. I don't know what their brand is though. I don't know if they'll try and do, I mean, it's not like they flip houses. What will try and, will it try and be a brand of, philanthropy i don't i don't know
2: yeah i don't know hey 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 thanks for joining us real quick promise please find us and follow us at mistreat pod on instagram facebook and twitter we have curated content on pinterest and flipboard check out our channels on tiktok and youtube and if you would be so kind like that famous prince we all know please show us some love and rate and review us positive vibes only right So I thought it'd be kind of fun for us to kind of take a walk down memory lane. And there was a book of Kenneth Rose, who was the society writer. And he was actually Mm. had a lot of direct contact with the royal family. He was a journalist. His diary was published. It's very interesting, some of the excerpts or some of his observations, because he did have direct contact with a lot of people in the royal family or things that were said. He had direct conversations and he would just write it in his diary. But what I think is interesting is the notes of what he wrote and how they came true so i wanted to read a couple of them for you and then i want you to comment okay february 24th 1981 watch the prince of wales and lady diana spencer being interviewed on tv there's something sad about a girl of 19 being led into royal captivity
0: for months the couple have been trying to avoid the photographers the relationship between the two sides has sometimes shown a certain amount of strain But that had all vanished when the prince and his lady stepped out into the garden of Buckingham Palace and faced the cameras. She was an absolute stunner, an absolute gorgeous woman. And then you look at him, you think, whoa, she's marrying her granddad. It was amazing when they first did that photo shoot. We first got to sort of meet Diana, this woman who was going to one day be our queen, we all thought. And uh, and she came across very well. And he came across as this bizarre, stuck-up, sort of 17th century figure. Do you
1: find it a very daunting experience that uh, now you're about to uh, marry the Prince of Wales?
0: It is, but I've had a small run-up to it all in the last six months. (laughs) And next to Prince Charles I know I can't go wrong. He's there with me. He clearly didn't want to be there, and it's easy to sit here now and say that's the fact. But when you were watching it, you know, it's like you could see his mum's bootprint on the back of his jacket. Are you in love? Lovely little question. Very typical question to ask people who've just got engaged. And I suppose in love. Of course. <laughs> whatever in love means. Yes. <laughs> so. Diana said, Oh yes, of course. You know, through her eyelashes. Prince Charles said, oh, well, whatever love means. You know, alarm bells. It's always a winner that line. It always works if a woman ever says, oh, I love you, just say, I oh, know, darling, I love you too, whatever that means, but mutter it, don't say it. It's almost like she's nudging him. Come on, we don't have any here, just at least make a bit of an effort. I know you're off to see Camilla in a bit, but come on, please don't show me up.
1: Oh, ouch, yes, I mean, that's kind mm-hmm. of true. She was a virgin, yeah, she worked at a like primary, like a preschool, mm-hmm. and by that time everyone had seen those pictures of her in her little plaid skirt scurrying along the the high streets trying to get away from the paparazzi and just scared as shit by the way
2: and charles had actually dated with her sister did you know that
1: yes yes and so he was this was the little sister that he was going after
2: johnny earl spencer diana's father tells me that he wanted to wear his Grey's cavalry regiment uniform when diana marries the prince of wales but that diana herself objected she thought it would
1: detract from her own
2: appearance. This is most extraordinary, like something from King Lear.
1: I can see that. I mean, this was a big deal for her. She was going to be a princess. This was a huge day. I mean, and she's young. She's still got the mind of a teenager. You know, this is my big day. It's it's, it's almost like your mother-in-law wearing white for the wedding. In your late 30s and 40s, who gives a shit? Well, that's
2: what I was thinking. I was like, oh, it would look regal with him being in uniform. I would probably prefer that. And that dress, anybody standing next to her was going to get lost in that dress.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. In fact, the whole bridal party got lost in the train, I think. <laughs> they still haven't found them. They're still searching for those little page boys.
2: The Spencers were given 50 seats for St. Paul's. When Johnny showed Diana his draft list, she crossed out all the family who had not bothered to come to the weddings of her sisters. One day she will be very formidable.
1: I agree on that. It's like, hey, bitches, you can't afford to show up for my sisters. But like, oh, we're going to go to the big church. We'll we'll go to this one. It's a royal wedding. Let's go. Where's my gown? Did you see during
2: Megan's wedding, Chelsea Davies, like just how upset she looked in the audience? It was so sad.
1: Yes. yes. By the way, that's very Cinderella. Mm-hmm. It's very Cinderella of like the evil stepsisters. Like, oh, it's a big ball. Let's get our gowns. Let's go. Yeah.
2: Yep. February 6th, 1983. I hear reports of the school where the princess of Wales taught infants. She's apparently not very clever and certainly without any of the intellectual resources needed
1: in marriage to the prince of Wales. I buy into that. Yep. I, I don't think she same. was incredibly book smart. I think she was very, well, she was a little bit naive, but she had, she learned to be clever. And I mean,
2: she was manipulative. Again, I love Princess Diana. I looked up to her, but I think she was also human. I don't see her as the saint that she's been immortalized as. I see her as somebody who's put into a position taken advantage of at a very young age and had some
1: mental health issues. You could, She laid her cards on the table, though. You could see. You could see when she was manipulative with the press. You could, you could see it. Whereas I feel Megan is very good at hiding it with diana she was like a bare soul you could see everything she was up to and i think that's that's part of the naivete and i think that's part of getting married at 19 and being a virgin and not having any other suitors she didn't even date before that
2: no it had to be hard i got married young and i think i had like arrested development when i got divorced Mm -hmm. yeah i had to go through all those stages and to have it publicly put out there would be really hard yeah I think, yeah. So I have a really cute story here. I thought this was cute. December 24th, 1985. Mary Lou DeZula, wife of a diplomat, tells me a charming story of Prince Charles when a small boy. One day he came barging into comptroller boy Browning's room and heard him talking on the telephone of the queen. So he asked, who is the queen? Boy explained that it was his mother, but Charles simply did not believe that she could be both his mother and queen. The next day, however, he admitted that Boy Browning had been right. How do you know? Boy asked. I asked the policeman. Aww. (laughs) A cute story. Yeah. I thought that was cute. December 21st, 1992, Rain Spencer told me how tiresome Johnny Earl Spencer found the Prince of Wales when he came to the manor. After two hours talking about rainforests and other environmental themes, he showed no signs of stopping. So Johnny said he had to telephone and went out. Rain found him lying on his bed and he said, I'm not down to dinner for two more hours of rainforest. <laughs> I've heard he's been like crazy about the environment, but he's the type where he's driven for two hours to go golfing and then Troll? drove two. Yeah. And then drove two hours back to turn off a light bulb when that took more oh carbon my God, footprint. Yeah. than like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Oh my God, that's hilarious. April 5th, 1993. I hear how cunning the Princess of Wales is. The other day, she discovered when the prince would be in his new quarters in St. James Palace, then turned up and told him she had come to see if he was comfortable. She even insisted on looking at his bedroom and saying that if it needed a small table, which she would find for him, the prince is terrified of her. Hmm. Martin Terrace tells me, if the queen had taken as much trouble over the bloodlines of her son's wives as she has over her horses and dogs, she would have avoided a lot of
1: trouble. I kind of have to say amen to that. (laughs) No, I mean, supposedly, you know, Diana did come from a really good family, except for the divorce. There's that. But she had a pedigree. Fergie. Fergie didn't have a pedigree, did she? I'm going to look her up. By the way, I watched the movie Victoria and I think Abdul the other Mm -hmm. night. Have you ever seen that? No. We are going to do an episode on Victoria and her relationship with the Indian man from India that, that she, he, well, I'm not even going to go into it now. Victoria and Abdul, we will do something on them because it's a fascinating story. And it is, it's almost, I can see now maybe Diana's fascination with Muslim men mm-hmm. because it's different, you know, it's very different and Queen Victoria had that fascination also. So anyway, we'll get into I'm that looking thing. up
2: her father was a major. For some reason I was thinking that. They were titled, but they weren't because of the fact that she went in the same circles as the royal family. They were country gentry with a bit of old money. And she's a descendant mm-hmm. of King Charles II of England via three of his illegitimate children. So she does oh. have aristocratic ancestry. I knew it was through a, a mistress of the king. So that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. No. Sorry. So I have one more, two more little comments actually about Fergie, and then I think we can wrap it up. Mm -hmm. november 24th 1993 because i remember very vividly the pictures of her in texas or with her toes being sucked and the her daughter was right by the pool like i remember that time period to sunningdale to have tea with sarah duchess of york her two sweet little girls join us and we have a nursery tea in the dining room they are very well brought up by a welch nanny they put their hands together and say grace when one of them begins to get down before the other has quite finished she's made to get back and begin all over again there's a vast spread on the table of sausage rolls sandwiches and a chocolate cake also a pretty sauce boat with ketchup I have the impression that Fergie misses Andrew dreadfully Ooh. during that time period is when they already started kind of breaking up because they both broke up with their husbands like at the same time yeah I think it was yeah and I think Fergie did really miss him
1: why did you get divorced?
0: Because um, I suppose I'd run up a lot of debts and I needed to get out to work. And um, you can't be a member of the royal family and work, really, in this country. It's better to. Is uh, so that you got divorced? Well, no, I think also that um, Andrew and I um, had our differences, you know. We, uh, as you know, are really steadfast in our parenting to, to our two girls, Beatrice and Eugenie. And they're 13 and 15, and they certainly show. Um, with their confidence and their security they aren't uh, which they have now that um, our unity in our parenting has worked
1: yes
2: and yes. I, I think that's very important
1: you know, maybe she was looking for do we know the real reason why they split
2: I mean Randy Andy. I didn't actually hear of him cheating I know that she ultimately did but public pressure of her weight and whatnot and like kind of she was the odd duck in the royal family but
1: I just heard he was just away a lot the weird thing is is that they tried so hard to keep charles and diana together Mm -hmm. and then when it came to fergie and andrew it was like okay bye bye yeah
2: so april 27th 1995 i see fergie again at sunningdale she realized she has made mistakes and even that she's vulgar but if i'm cheerful and noisy it's not because i'm overconfident but, but because i am insecure she has adjusted to this in the face of hostility from all the royal family except the queen her children are the best link she has with the queen I've taught them to hug their granny when they see her. So I think the queen has toler— not tolerated her, but kept a relationship with her. But I know Prince Philip will never be in the same room with her. That's part of the reason why they never remarried or even publicly got back together. Mm. If he was around, really? Yeah, he can stand her. Did not
1: like the Fergus. No. Well, I think we should still read excerpts from her romance novels. Oh, that's One right. One day we will. <laughs> One day we'll get there. Ciao, darling. still too
2: early to go to Tiffany's. I guess the next best thing is a drink.
1: I will never be the woman with the perfect hair who can wear white and not spill on it. All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. dinosaur don't even think about it just name it ready
2: one two three hey it's me again and you thought you probably had enough of my voice by now just a quick reminder to find us and follow us on instagram twitter and facebook at miss intrigue pod follow us on pinterest and flipboard where we collect featured stories from across the internet of royalty chronicles of interesting events in history and of course true crime Lastly, check out our YouTube channel because everyone has one, right? That features playlists of documentaries and other related segments from our podcast topics. And if you want to hit us up, check out Podcast dot com. But we don't have a complaints department, just to give you a little heads up. The podcaster or authors assumes no responsibility or liability for any errors or omissions in the content of this podcast. The information contained on this podcast is an as-is basis with no guarantees of completeness, accuracy, usefulness, or timeliness. A reasonable amount of effort was made to deliver precise data. All views expressed by the podcast host or guest co-host are their own and do not necessarily represent the opinions of any entity whatsoever with which Carrie. Misdeeds or intrigue podcast or Larissa have been, am now or will be affiliated. The content of this podcast is for personal, informational, and entertainment purposes only and is not to be viewed for commercial use. Misdeeds and intrigue podcast respects the intellectual property of others. Any audio clips that were not generated by the podcast, host or producer was pulled from the public domain, free use sites and/or from YouTube, or other authorized sites to gather information. The utmost effort was made to credit the author and or production. If at any time you feel that copyright was infringed, please email Carrie at misdeedsandintriguepodcast.com and immediate action will be taken to remove the audio clips that were present for entertainment purposes only.